Today we're discussing Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. I'm your host Marcus and joining me today as always are the homies. First off we have Greg. What's up? And last but not least we got the homie Trevor. What's going on? So this is going to be the game for the month of August, right? Yeah, August. Oh, speaking of that, (laughs) I have an announcement. What's that? So our podcast is now two years old. As of August. Okay, okay. And this current episode that we're recording is the 50th episode. Okay. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm, I can't believe you're telling us this now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, what? I, I knew the two years. I remember you telling us that, but I know this was the 50th episode. Is this including the bonus podcast and everything? Yeah, it's including the bonus podcast. Okay, that's what's up. We, we, we made it, guys. We did it. Um... Yeah, that's that's cool. Uh, you gonna you gonna spot off any more metrics? <laughs> um, you ain't got to. I was just wondering. I think right now our biggest platform is Spotify, which is interesting. Um, because we just got on Spotify earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So I guess um a lot of people are using Spotify. Well, shout out to you guys and tell tell your friends, tell your homies, tell whoever you know about the show. So. That way more people can listen to us. What do they say? Uh, uh, like, 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 and subscribe. Five stars. Five stars. Um, you know, <laughs> thumbs so up. You know, what thumbs I'm up. Yeah, whatever, whatever. You so that way more people can see us, and that way we're we're more people can listen to us. So, uh, but yeah, shout out to the guys that are already listening to us. <clears throat> um. So yeah, this is the month of August. Uh, recording a little late. Our bad. Um. Uh, but uh, this is my game, uh, so I will I will start us off. Um, Stranger's Wrath is an action adventure game developed by Oddworld Inhabitants and published by EA for the original Xbox. Uh, the uh, Oddworld Inhabitants is an American video game developer founded in 1994 by special effects and computer animation veterans Sherry McKenna and Lauren Landing. They originally stated that the Oddworld series would consist of five interconnected games referred to as the Quintology, each with a game introducing a new hero who would join the existing band of revolutionaries on their journey to put an end to the exploitation of cultures, people, and the natural world by profiteering capitalists. So that's crazy to think that 25 years ago, <laughs> like some of, the, some of the things that people talk about now, they were thinking about 25 years ago. Um, the first game was Abe's Odyssey, a 2D platformer released on the PlayStation 1 in 97. Its success spawned a couple of unplanned uh, sequels, including Abe's Exodus, in addition to two Game Boy versions. Um, but they weren't considered, uh, bonus games aren't considered uh, parts of the Quintology because they feature the same character. So the second game of the Quintology was Munch's Odyssey, and it was released in 2001 as an exclusive launch title for the original Xbox, and it was a 3D platformer. And then Stranger's Wrath, the game we're playing, 
was released in 2005 as another Xbox exclusive title, and it details the adventures of Stranger, a fearsome bounty hunter. Uh, throughout the game, he pursues and captures outlaws in order to collect these bounties, and the goal is ultimately to earn enough moolah, which is actually what is called in the game moolah, to pay for the mysterious this mysterious life-saving operation. It was originally planned as a sequel to Munch's Odyssey, so again, uh, as a sequel or slash bonus game, it wouldn't have been considered part of the Quintology, but it veered off course in a number of ways and still isn't considered um, part of the Quintology. Uh, first of the game shifts between a first-person and third-person, excuse me, first-person shooter and third-person action-adventure view. The Switch was supposed to be natural, well-executed, and contain the best of both gaming worlds uh, at the time. Uh, another new element it was it was the first Oddworld game to feature a new part of Oddworld and also to not have the character Abe, who was at the time and probably still considered the studio's mascot. Um, the main character, Stranger, he embodied everything Abe did not. Uh, strength, speed, ruthlessness, and the use of weapons. And the last new element was the use of live ammo because the devs decided they wanted to give players a new reason to enjoy an FPS beyond the simple choice of where to shoot someone on the body. Um, and then following the release of Stranger's Wrath, Oddworld Inhabitants took a break from game development, even though they had begun preliminary work on the next Oddworld title, which was uh, called The Brutal Ballad of Fungus Clot. And I remember that game because I remember seeing some really cool uh, artwork for um, concept artwork in Game Informer back when I was a Game Informer subscriber in high school. Um, however, the company remained active primarily through the development of a movie called Citizen Siege, which to this day has not been released. They eventually packaged all their games, Abe's Odyssey, Abe's Exodus, Munch's Odyssey, and Stranger's Wrath in a bundle called The Oddbox, and it was released on PC in 2010. The company did return to the games industry with the help of UK-based developer Just Add Water to resurrect the Oddworld franchise through mastering, remastering. So they did a HD remake of their first game. They announced it in March of 2011, and it was eventually brought to all platforms in 2016. And then also in 2016, they announced their next title called Oddworld Soulstone uh, with the release date of 2018, but they've since pushed back the date to 2019 and then again to 2020. Um, so yeah, uh, what did everybody play this game on? Um, I ended up playing on PC. I, I had it on PS3, I think, but for some reason, I could never get my PlayStation to uh, go to the store and download it. So I was like, I'll just, uh, I think I was on stuff for like 250 on Steam, so I just bought it on Steam and tried it. Gotcha. Did you just buy the game itself or did you buy the odd box? Nah, I didn't even know about the odd box. I just, uh, I was uh, looking it up and I saw it was on, or I guess I didn't see the, the odd box when I searched it, but. I just typed the game in and it showed uh, it was on sale for two fifty. So I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. Gotcha. What about you, Trevor? Yep, I played on Steam on PC and I bought the Odd Box. Okay. I also um, bought the Odd Box and got it on PC. Um, did Did any of you guys grow up and play any of the other games? Any of the other Oddworld games? Um. So I completely forgot about Munch's Odyssey, but I remember playing a little bit of that because my brother bought a Xbox. So I played that, and I played maybe like uh, two hours of this game when it first came out. 
Um, so, like, I guess those are the only two that I really played. Okay. And what about you, Trevor? Not at all. And as a matter of fact, when I looked up this game, I was kind of confused because I remember seeing either screenshots or trailers for the other games. And, of course, they were different genres. They looked different. Um, so I I knew this was an odd world game, but yeah. I was I was confused as to how it connected to the other ones. Gotcha. But but gotcha. with your your intro, I kind of understand now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I grew up without owning a PlayStation, and I remember demo discs being like a big deal. And so one of my close friends had a PS One, and he used to get the demo disc. And I always considered like one of the greatest demo discs of all time that I've ever played. Had um, I think it had Metal Gear, Tomb Raider, and all the original Oddworld, uh, uh, Oddworld, um, excuse me, Apes Odyssey. And I remember playing the game and not really understanding what was going on, but I thought it was cool. I just remember you running around, like, essentially freeing, like, a bunch of, like, captured people of your same species. But I remember it being a weird game because, like, like I said in the intro, like, your character wasn't fast or speedy or, you know, didn't use weapons. He was just like this kind of peaceful creature. That yeah, was- when you were going over the, uh, I guess the intro, I re- remembered that I played uh, Munch's Odyssey a little bit when that came out, and then uh, I played maybe a couple hours of uh, Strangers of Wrath whenever that first came out on Xbox. But did you that's rent a- it or did you? No, I own it. Yeah, I uh, own it. Yeah, <laughs> that's back when you were at the height of buying games and not. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like down to like maybe a handful of games a year now. We're just crossing off all of Greg's. <laughs> I know. <laughs> every, every well, low key, every game is in Greg's backlog. <laughs> um, well, for me, I had only played a demo disc, which I always called it the best demo disc for PS4 or the original PlayStation. Um, was uh, I think it had Tomb Raider, Metal Gear, Apes Odyssey, and some other games. And so I'd only played Oddworld through that. The first one. Um, and I, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Because like, the character was this really peaceful, like awkward to control, awkward looking character that was basically just going around freeing his, his peeps, people of his same species or whatever, from prison or whatever. And so I always thought it was like a weird game. And I do remember, like I, I think I said in the intro, the the concept art for the uh, the sequel or I don't even know the spinoff of this game the um, Brutal Ballad of Fangus Claw I remember it looking so sick because it was so dark and looking and like that was for me peak shooter high, like play like that's basically the genre that I was playing so I was like really excited about it and I do remember when this game came out, I didn't have an, uh, an Xbox at the time, but um, I do remember thinking like some the, the concept of having live ammo and everything was cool. So I was like, hey, game that's coming off of that with everything they learned from that, like this game would be awesome. And then I think shortly after they announced it, they were like, actually, uh, we're going to pull the plug on this. So. Yeah, if I remember yeah. right, the game didn't sell too well. This game... um. I think it was, yeah, I think it was, I think it's like almost damn near every game we play where it's like 
the game didn't sell well, but it had like a critical uh, acclaim and reached like cult status type of levels where it's a game that, you know, critics and reviewers revered, though it didn't sell well because, you know, at the time, like, I just... I think, wasn't that moving into kind of like the more, like, bro shooter or like the the military game era of like video games where people kind of wanted that well it was a combination of things so this game came out in 2005 so it came out after halo was already out you know the original halo and i think at that point i don't even want to say bro shooter but like multiplayer shooter you know where you could like land party and play against your friends and this game doesn't at least I, i don't believe it had a multiplayer um, and then on top of that, too, it was kind of like um, hitching its wagon on a couple of different things from different genres. So it wasn't fully a shooter and it wasn't fully an action adventure game, you know. So it was kind of like a, what do they call it? A, like a master of none. <laughs> oh, Jack <laughs> kind of, of all trades. Yeah. Master Jack of all trades. Yeah. Where it, it kind of dabbles in a lot of different genres without actually mastering or like focusing on just one. Seems like it would be a difficult game to try and like uh you know, try and convey what it really is, right? Like And especially like just imagine like we just played a game like that with Brutal Legend, you know? And it's like another game of- published by EA. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, they were taking risks back then. This is, I mean, I'm appreciative of it because, like, I think nowadays people complain about sequels and just getting fatigue and everything's a remaster and a remake. And at least back then, there was a lot more, like, there wasn't as many series established and, like, people yeah. were willing to take a risk. And, like, this company, it basically started as we're going to create a series and none of the characters are going to carry over between the games you know and like that's kind of insane to think about now where like everything is about having a brand that's identifiable and having identifiable characters and self-referential and all that stuff where this game was like all three i call this a main game i would call this a main game i i wonder why they don't consider this part of the quintology because i imagine like maybe they had a idea of what they wanted the games to be and they just came out with this one and I feel like it fits like what they were going for but they still don't consider it part of the Quintology which is kind of interesting to me because I I would be really interested in knowing like what the overarching theme between the five games they have planned is going to be because each game was like a different I mean, one was a 2D platformer, the other was a 3D platformer, and this is like a shooter-slash-action-adventure game. So they've shown that they're willing to switch genres, and they've they're shown that they're willing to kind of switch gameplay element, too. So, I don't know. It makes me look forward to seeing, if I don't need play it, just seeing like what they announced for Soulstone. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this game. So, um... I think the game opens up with this really sick, like, I wasn't expecting it to look as good as it did, like, cutscene, where he's, like, you can kind of see Stranger and, like, his process as he's hunting a bounty, uh, and, um, I mean, you get to see some of the ammo he's using and, like, 
it, it, it for the game. It, I don't know. It, it it struck me as like really impressive looking in 2019 because I was like, I thought this game came out like you know 14 years ago, and I know we're playing like Odd World, so things have been retouched. But even that came out in 2010, and it just looked better than I expected from the jump. Did you guys have any uh, opinions on the opening cutscene? Mm, I mean, it. It. I guess I don't know. If I was thinking back to like how stuff looked back then, I think it still looked pretty good. But you know, I, I wouldn't. I guess I wasn't thinking. You know, well, I don't think you're saying it looks recent, right? You're just kind of saying it looked pretty. It looked better than you expected. For exactly. Game. I'm like, yeah, like I know it's an HD remaster, but it's HD. It's a the game came out in 2005. The remaster came out in 2010. And so I didn't really have like high expectations as far as like I was like it, it will look cool, but I I still thought it like it didn't look bad and it didn't look like it wasn't right. like Psychonauts where it's I don't know Psychonaut <clears throat> didn't look as great to me. You know you could tell it was an older game. Mm-hmm. Whereas this game could have you know it looked like it could have been made mid. 2000 not mid 2000s but it looked like okay it looked like a game that an indie developer would come out with which is this essentially is an indie developer but like it's stylized in a way that it's like you can play the game 10 years after it comes out and it's it's not like they're trying to use cutting edge technology it's styled in a way that like it's not gonna look bad I guess it, it ages well yeah I guess that's yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. But like, I I felt that way about all the cutscenes in the game. Um, obviously, the game itself it looks a lot harsher just because like the setting you're in, you're in like the for whatever reason reason the 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 majority of this game is like kind of set in a Wild West theme, and I'm I think it's set in the quote unquote future. Like it's obviously a different. There's different creatures. Like, nothing is, like, recognizable besides your ammo, right? They have, like, bees and chipmunks and skunks. and But, like, even some of the ammo is, like, not actual stuff that you yeah, would they're see. Like, <clears throat> they're, like, amalgamations of different creatures and, I guess, made to look a little <clears throat> bit grittier. Definitely, definitely. Just, yeah, more intimidating. and um, But, like, the, the overall, like, aesthetic of the game is like the wild west so there's a lot of like there's a lot of browns <laughs> this yeah. is a very very brown game um so it, it looks a little bit like when you're actually playing the game it's a little bit um less impressive looking and it does show a little bit of its age but i think the the cutscenes do a really good job of like i think they are they still look good they still look good um and then you get you get dropped into the tutorial right after that opening cutscene, and it kind of ex- I don't want to say explains the game, but explains the controls. And um, I don't think the cutscene or the, the tutorial. I think I, I thought it was good, but I didn't think that I didn't know what I was getting myself into because like I always thought this game was only a first person shooter, and like I, that. It, uh, changed my expectations from the jump. Like I was like, okay, I don't even know what to com- entirely expect. And um, I don't know if you guys felt that way or if you guys knew anything coming into this game or had any uh, preconceived notions coming into the game. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like I said earlier, I played a, a little bit of it, so I kind of knew how it was. Um, not to get too far ahead, but obviously things change. Um, but yeah, I mean the the initial gameplay loop, I was kind of familiar with already. Yeah, the tutorial pretty much just teaches you the controls and not necessarily how to play the game, which becomes much more useful later on. Yeah, but but then, well, I guess for me, I was thinking because of the tutorial, there was going to be a lot more platforming than I than there actually was, if that makes any sense. Was there platforming in the tutorial? Yeah, like teaching you to double jump and like you know like there was oh, sections yeah. where you had to uh, jump on the I, platforms over the canyons and if you dropped then you had to climb up the ladder and try again I think it was kind of peppered throughout like the type of platforming in the tutorial was used very sparingly yeah yeah but I wasn't expecting it after going through the tutorial well I just thought like going in I was like this is a first person shooter and then immediately we have that tutorial, and it's like, oh, it's not a first-person shooter. So I was thinking the only sections that you would be out of the F- the first-person shooter mode would be the platforming. And it turned out to be like, no, it's actually really the only time you're in first... Like, at least for me, the only time I was in first-person shooter mode was when there was combat. And otherwise, I was playing the third person the entire time. So did, y- did y'all play with mouse and keyboard or controller? I play with controller. I play with mouse and keyboard. Was it difficult for you to adapt, like going back and forth between the two? Oh, Not did really. you play? You play controller or you play keyboard? I played mouse and keyboard. I had to go look up a tutorial on how to get the game mapped to a pad. Right that that was uh, so. I had talked to Dante about this game prior to starting because I think he said he had played it. Uh, attempted to and he had the same issue but I think he tried to attempt to play it prior to um, the odd box I think Some, I don't remember what but it was prior to the I think it was prior to the odd box coming out so prior to big picture and all that and he had a lot of difficulties mapping the game out on a controller so he had the mindset I don't think he ended up finishing it I think he played like the first 90 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it and then he said that he pretty much was like I don't really want to play mouse and keyboard for a platformer it's basically what his is why he stopped playing and that's why I went in thinking like oh like I thought it was a shooter and then after I started the game I talked to him about it he said a platformer so then I got into my mind that it was a platformer so I was like, well, I might as well try to play a mouse and keyboard so I don't have the same issues that he was having. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested to know, like, how, how was the game for you, Greg? Like, was it, like, besides, like, I guess the most difficult part was mapping out the controller, and after that you were good? Yeah, that was it. I mean, it's, like, it moves pretty seamlessly between, like, first person and third person. So in order to get into first person mode, it's just kind of like flicking the analog stick in any direction. And so you just kind of do that, and um, and then I think to get out of it, I can't remember if you could just. I'm drawing a blank now, but basically it was like like another button press just to get back into third person mode from that. So I mean, one like a a huge thing with like trying to get in between that and then switching ammo was just through the D pad. So okay, so that was just about the only thing I didn't like about this game, because um, I. 
like in my mind I was thinking okay mouse and keyboard has to be the easiest way to play this game um but switching back and forth between first person and third person was kind of a hassle um yeah and even time. changing ammo types that was even annoying to, to me I uh, have to do that on keyboard and mouse use the arrow buttons yeah uh, so yeah. if you're taking your right hand off the mouse then it kind of takes you out of the gameplay a little bit mm-hmm. it almost feels like you're pausing the game but you could be like in the middle of combat trying to switch ammo and it seems like it just slows down all of the gameplay yeah i agree with that and then um I found myself not maybe switching ammo as much as I should have once I started an encounter. Did, did you find yourself doing that too? Um, no. I I tried to use whatever ammo I needed in whatever situation. Um, so I was constantly, you know, trying to switch ammo. Like I was, like in the combat, you know, I would try to find cover just so that I could switch ammo because I knew that if I took my my hand off the mouse I was just going to get lit up because some of the enemies have very good aim yeah <laughs> and then yeah, I was about to oh go ahead no I was just about to say yeah I found myself like constantly like swapping ammo like but I guess that maybe just because like I said with the controller it seemed way easier to be able to drop into like what you need you know swap swap ammo on the fly pretty easy the weirdest thing for me, besides that, the only other weird thing was the the button. I think it was was it shift or control or no, excuse me, uh, tab. Was, what was the button? No, that was to, to go into that mode, but to like the open doors and the the action. Oh, button. control. Yeah, that was also just kind of like, why did they use this button? <laughs> yeah, and especially when in one situation, in order to like capture the enemies. You have to hold it down, but mm-hmm. then to just use it to talk, you're only supposed to press it. So I'm sitting there holding it down while I'm talking to it because I didn't even I didn't even realize I was holding it down. Mm-hmm. But the entire time I'm in a conversation, I'm thinking, oh shoot, I forgot to take my hand off the control button. Yeah, there, there was a couple times where I was like, man, I wish there was a different like maybe like a, a capture button and an action button or something like that or interact yeah. button. Just because, like, a couple times, it also got me in the habit of, like, holding the button down as well. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, um, I guess we can talk about some of the... You guys want to talk about the, the, the third person or first person first? Mm. Let's do third person. Third person. So what you guys think? <laughs> Uh, it was serviceable. Like, I, it wasn't, like, it didn't feel great, but, you know, it it works for what it, what it, what you needed to work for, I guess. I, it, I saw, like, would you say, did you, I mean, I told you guys, I mostly played in third person, minus combat. Is that, is that the same with you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's just the fastest way to, like, navigate. So, like, if I had to go from point A to point B, or even, you know, trying to even well for most of the combat stuff it would be first person if i needed to like run the cover i would go third person mm-hmm. get cover so you can see more things and whatever yeah yeah uh, but yeah for sure third person is like the easiest to navigate in i will give them they were 100 percent correct that it was like an, a seamless transition i never felt like it hitched up on me and it made sense in some situations where like if you were to 
um, use a couple of different types of ammo for groups of enemies. You could quickly switch to third person and run up to them and start capturing them. And like the 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 thing I liked about the third person, and I like I don't know, I guess I understand why they did this is to force you to have to switch back to it. But the fact that you had the run, you know, <laughs> and like there was dedicated buttons to melee while you were in third person that you just didn't have in first person. Um, I don't know. It, it, well, you could melee in first person, but it just didn't seem like it had the same amount of range. Was there a button, or you could only? I thought you could only melee when you were out of ammo, or like. No, you could reloading. use Q to punch. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that. But you couldn't use like the the lariat move or um, the headbutt. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, like I, I thought it was really convenient to like. I, I'm I'm glad there wasn't like a sprint button, and I'm glad he basically sprinted as soon as like you ran straight for like a second. I'm glad that it was, that was pretty seamless. So, like, it felt like you could quickly get around. And especially, it allowed them to kind of... I felt in a way they they extended this game, you know? Because you're basically, you're going from town to town, capturing bounties. And then, you know, go, like, you, you would go to a town, capture three or four bounties, then go to the next town. And they seemed like they, they really wanted to make the game, like not super lit like i don't want to say not super linear but just like have a little bit of fluff in between the towns so you're not like just going from job to job and i i'm I'm appreciative that they added a sprint to like respect the player's time (laughs) (laughs) one thing i do like about that too is throughout the progression you can visibly see that the game is getting bigger and bigger like each town that you go to gets larger and it seems like the world is more open. Yeah, yeah. Even though it technically isn't. You know, like it, it, there's definitely like this is the way you need to go to yeah. proceed the story, but it did it, it it did do a good job of like kind of putting you in this world and making it seem grander and just larger than it actually was. Cuz I I don't really think for the most part there was any reason to I'll take that back I looked at the achievements after I beat the game and there definitely were collectibles but they weren't labeled in a way that you even knew so like and I do appreciate that as somebody that is a collector like had I known that there was collectibles in this game I would have went for them but they did a good job of like obstructing that or like like making it like you had to work for it you know yeah. Um, so I do appreciate I, that. I also think that there's a possibility that they created kind of like this open world type feeling because maybe they wanted to do more with the game and they possibly didn't get around to it. Because outside of that, like, I mean, I guess the other thing that the, like you were saying, it kind of makes the world feel a lot bigger than just being like, oh, well, we could just have you just teleport to the next town as soon as you finish this. Mm-hmm. And do that. Um, like a little- so maybe. <laughs> yeah. So maybe they were trying to do world building like that, but it also could be that maybe they wanted to do, because this is like post-GTA 3, right? So like maybe they had ideas of like maybe doing more missions and stuff like that, but just didn't get to implement it. Yeah, and I kind of, it made me think, like, wonder, like, this game originally was supposed to be uh, a sequel to Munch's Odyssey, and it branched off and 
change course. And I wonder if some of the remnants of that game were in this. Because, like, they did say this was in a new part of the... Uh, they actually the, the 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 world that the game the trilogy is set in is called Odd World. So this is a new, never before seen part of Odd World. So I wonder if they wanted to like kind of catch the player up and just show like there's more to the world than what you've previously seen if you played our previous titles. So they kind of yeah. did a good job of fleshing it out. Not necessarily like, like I said like there's not much there, but just the fact that you can access it and see it, you know. Um. Yeah, and um, I guess. Uh, so, what did you guys feel about the first person, the shooter aspect of the game? Mm, I think. I mean, I liked it. I, the thing that I kind of appreciated was just the uh, kind of all the ammo, like all of it felt unique, and it kind of played into each other. Where like you would, you might use the the skunk ammo to try and like. Uh, make it easy to try and capture some enemies or you'll go in and, and once you get the upgraded version of skunk ammo where it'll actually attract all the enemies together, you can use that with the bombs to take out a group of enemies really quick. So I think, and maybe I guess that happens later on in the game, but like eventually you get to a point where I feel like all the ammo kind of complements, uh, complements each other. Yeah. Um, uh, the thing I, I really dug about the first person, I feel like it's serviceable, but I really did like the use of the, the, the live ammo. Um, I guess my only complaint is I didn't, some of the, uh, it's mostly has to do with the skunk one. Like, I really wish that they had just made a magnetic animal. And so you still had the other thing too. Because I uh, like, I guess the, the the normal or the 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 original skunk version, it causes you shoot it into a group of enemies and they start vomiting and they're yeah, like yeah. they're incapacitated. But then the uh, upgraded version, it, it explodes and it sucks in enemies that are not near it to that central point where it exploded. So it becomes more of a combo starter than like a its own ability I guess and and, yeah. and so I do appreciate that they kind of like lean the, the that one to kind of like be used in conjunction with something else um, but like I kind of wish that I could have had a magnetic one and then the throw up one as well but that was my Absolutely. only complaint because everything else about the ammo was great um they had, um, it was the skunk where you shot in a group of enemies. It was basically like an AOE and then they would throw up. They had the spider that, um, it, uh, when you shot at somebody, they got wrapped up and their mouth got covered so you could easily, more easily capture them. And then, so the, the original version was a single enemy and then the upgraded was like a shotgun blast. So you could hit a couple of enemies. So that would be the one that you combo with that upgraded skunk that took everything to the location um they had these bees that were like machine guns that just shot really quickly and they and then i think what they did is uh when the upgraded version did more damage and homed in on the enemy and also they slowed them down more um and then they had uh what were the other ones uh the chipmunk which would alert them to Oh yeah, uh, have like a so you, you mostly use that at the beginning of the game to try and like trap them. play 
yeah, or play stealthy, I guess. But I, I found I found that to not be very useful later on in the game. Well, so the the squirrel, the default one, you could only attract one enemy to a spot location, but then the upgraded one could alert multiple enemies. So I felt like it was a little bit better for like grouping them up under a trap that you could activate, mm-hmm. and you could kill more enemies uh, quickly. Um, they had the, I guess like a, it was like an armadillo or like roly poly. So when you shot it at an enemy, it, it did a bunch of damage, but also knocked them over. And then just the upgraded ones just knocked more, them over for longer and did more damage. Um, I feel like there's one more, um, the, oh, the, Talk about the, the biting, the biting oh, uh, yeah, enemies. Yeah. I don't know what they were, but they were like these fur balls with really sharp teeth. And they were, like, you could set them down as traps. And if enemies walked over to them, they would launch onto them and, like, kind of distract them. But then they also, um, you could just shoot them directly on enemies. And the upgraded version, they were just more fearsome. They did more damage, and they were just on the enemy longer. And then um, Greg was saying the bats, they were uh, these explosive bats. And... um, they were just kind of like a grenade or like a rocket launcher or like a rocket that you shot at somebody. And then the um, upgraded version, I think just the explosion was bigger and it just did more damage. And then your default or like the thing that never was upgraded was this like, it was this bug that if you let it charge, it shot an electric shock that kind of stunned the enemy. But then it also had like, you could just not let it charge and shoot like eight quick shots at somebody. And that one you could never charge. I think that was like the... You had unlimited ammo of that one. And that was the one you used to hunt ammo. Because that was something you had to do in this game. Was you had to... You would find hives and nests and uh, areas where these creatures, these ammos, the ammo would be. And you had to literally stun them and catch them to pick them up. And that was kind of silly, but I, I did enjoy it. Though there were some times where it was just like, man, I really... And I think they fixed it at the end of the game. They just had ammo boxes. And it kind of yeah, seemed I like... Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because you were in places... You weren't outside anymore. Yeah, but it just kind of just made the hunting thing seem kind of silly. When they, they solved the issue at the end of the game, you know? Yeah. I, I guess the other thing, too, as to maybe why they did that is because... You can carry less ammo, so I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was because of that too. I don't know. And there was upgrades you could do. So like every time you're turning in a bounty, there's money that you're making, and so you're you're saving up. I think the the goal for the game is you're saving up um, after you collect your first three bounties. You have a conversation with this doctor that's supposed to perform this operation on you, and it costs you twenty thousand moolah and so you're in the back of your mind you're like okay um i'm making maybe a couple thousand moolah per bounty um and so i need do i need to save money or do i need to like am i going to just get bigger and better bounties later on in the game so you have that going on that thought in the back of your mind because there's upgrades and you can like uh upgrade the carrot not not major upgrades that's another flaw i felt that i don't really feel like the upgrades were substantial enough but they were like stuff like you could hold more ammo or you could like this clip could hold more uh um 
chipmunks before you had to reload or stuff like that. But none of them really felt like major upgrades in the way that I think of upgrades in the game nowadays. Did you guys feel that way? Yeah, I mean, they were just kind of... um, They either increased your survivability, I guess, or help you do a little bit of extra damage. Because you could upgrade the ammo, I think, but... I mean, it wasn't nothing, nothing substantial like you're saying. And then the um, and and like, so did you? I mean, don't get me wrong. I just assumed that the bounties would get bigger the more I got in the game, so I wasn't worried about saving money, and I just upgraded everything I could. But did you guys feel like have that conflict at all in, internally? I was just spending it as soon as I got yeah, it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was doing the same. Because my thought process was like, well, if I need like 20000 for whatever the surgery is, clearly they're going to give me a mission that's going to give me a bunch of money. That's what I thought, so. too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, overall, I think I, I did like the first-person shooter. But, like, really, the, the main just uh, was... I, I, I just thought the, the ammo hunting was a little silly. Like, it was fine. And there would be times... I guess, it, it, if anything, it kind of forces you to play a certain play style. Or you can't, like, play a certain play style. Because if you're low on a specific type of ammo... Like, I found myself, like, trying to save um, the bats. Because they were you only could hold six bats for the longest. I saved them for the bosses. For the big bounties. And I kind of used everything else for everybody else. And, um... So it, it forced me to play a specific way, and then like if I knew I was low on a specific type of ammo, I was more prone to try to use the traps to kind of uh, uh, sh- take them to where I wanted them to go, so that to activate the trap, or so that way I could uh, uh, capture them or whatever. And um, I, I don't know. I just I just played a lot differently when I had to like think about what ammo I wanted to use. I just wasn't going in guns blazing. I don't know. It's we didn't talk about the stealth aspect of this game either in the third person. Y'all play stealth? I mean, oh, I don't. I I don't. I think I know what you're talking about. I'm just talking about how, like, basically in in the tall grass, you would be hidden. Yeah, and you know, and it would say around your mini map that you're hidden. So then that the enemies, when they're doing their patrols or whatever, when you're coming to an area. They can't see you, so you can kind of like lay traps and kind of plot out. Like, this is this is gonna sound really stupid, but like, I kind of tried to play this game the way I play the Arkham series, where oh, I would no. like I would walk into an area and assess the environment and then try to plan what I was gonna do before I did it. That's what I mean. Yeah, it just that didn't seem very like. It seemed you would get one. One, it would take you longer to achieve the same result just doing that than just being like, "Well, I'm just gonna go in and try and like take everybody out as quick as possible." Because like, I don't know, like it it could work, but the amount of enemies that you start getting later on in the game, it's just like it. It was much harder. Yeah, yeah, definitely too harder. Like you would spend way too much time trying to like stealth it out. Right. Yeah. Um. What about you, Trevor? Did you kind of go in guns blazing, or did you plan out what you were going to do, or how, how was your play style? Um, I tried to scout out where all the enemies were, and that's kind of what I do in most games. Um, 
and that worked for the most part until you got to levels where enemies were continuously spawning. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually I would try to scout out where enemies are, what types of enemies there were, and any that I could um, kind of pull away from the crowd, like with the squirrels. Peel off, um, yeah. Yeah, I would try to do that before I went in guns blazing. That way, it, you know, at least I would have an easier job at it. But I don't think I ever went in stealthily. Oh, I definitely, like, I would be hiding in the, I would go to a patch of grass and kind of just, like, peek out and kind of see, I would try to bring people over to me, like, with the squirrel and use the spider thing and and to kind of keep them quiet and then capture them that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I definitely, like, I'm wondering with you, Greg, were you killing people or were you actually, like, capturing them alive? I would try and stun them and capture them if I could just to get more money. Mm-hmm. Um well, I wasn't even but, talking uh, about the bounties. I was even just talking about the the normal. Oh yeah, no. I mean, you get the even when you um, if you're just like capturing just random enemies, you still get money for that anyway. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah so it was like so it was like you would get thirty thirty moolah or something for like uh, an enemy alive, and then five. five. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I was just doing that just to get more money anyway, just to try and do. I mean, I wasn't stealthily doing it but i was trying to you know stun them rather than just kill them all you know definitely and then, honestly i honestly thought there was going to be some type of inventory system to this game like you could only carry button. a certain number of bounties <laughs> on you at a time before you had to turn them in oh yeah that number was one <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like i i, I was like man because every time i play a game it's just out of habit before I even start the game up, I check to and I turn on subtitles. And then the second thing I do is look at the controls before I even get into a game. And I don't know why. I don't know when that started, but I've always done that. And so, like when I looked at the when I looked at the controls, I was like, "Oh, there's an inventory button. There's a map button. Like, oh, is this like a first person shooter? And like, is there like and like none of the." I never hit the map button ever. I hit the inventory button one time just to see what the inventory looked like. And I was like, what's the point of this if I like literally never have to go into it? It was really... I, did you ever go into it, Greg, on controller? I'm sorry, what were you saying? The inventory. Did you ever access it? Uh, Not really, I guess, because you never really have to... I mean, I guess that's when you hit... Well, I guess on on a pad it's like I think back or whatever but kind of brings up whatever current mission you're working on and mm-hmm. all the stuff you have right yeah yeah I would do that just as a reminder so I'll use the the current mission objective thing to kind of remind myself what I'm doing or gotcha but that was it yeah gotcha um trying to think if there's anything else we missed on the the views um I guess yeah, gameplay wise I don't know if we mentioned this but like you're, you know, you're you're catching bounties, so you, you can basically. The way the game is set up is you go to a town, you choose. You usually have a couple of options on like which bounty you want to take, and you choose a bounty. Then the bounty, uh, the guy that's running the bounty store tells you a story about the character and just where to find them and what to look out for, you know, whatever. And then you just head that way, and you're fighting hordes or mobs of that person's enemies on your way to them. And then once you encounter the, uh, the bounty, it kind of goes into a cutscene kind of where 
you are talking to, you know, talking trash or whatever to the the criminal, the the outlaw, and then the battle starts, and then you they have a health bar, and you can kind of um, uh, that's when you're you're in the I guess a boss fight if anything, um, and these are all leading up to them. It's pretty flat like you don't know what the the main enemies uh they're the mobs you don't know what their health is like so you're just you know trying to either stun them or incapacitate them or just knock them down so you can capture them alive if you try to take them in alive it takes longer than taking them in dead but there's the monetary um thing that greg was alluding to and then i think the other thing is your your um you have a stamina bar. We didn't talk about that. Where um, basically you use your stamina to to heal yourself, and you basically like beat your chest and shake, and it heals you. And you can only do that standing still. And so, like if you take damage or whatever, your stamina goes lower and your health goes lower. So capturing enemies alive or dead replies replenishes your stamina. And so that allows you to be able to heal yourself better or quicker or more, I guess. Um, I guess more is the right word. And um, I guess, how do you guys, first of all, what did you guys think of the stamina bar? Did it, was it, did it seem kind of weird to you? Like, it, it seemed like very gamey. It was like, we, they might as well just gave us health packs or something, you know? I kind of felt that way. I think it's just to try and add suspense to combat because you're... If you try and play aggressively and go in and like melee, then also you're taking damage, and then your the melee takes away from your stamina, so then it's harder to heal yourself. So I think it's just to try and like make the combat a little bit more difficult. But yeah, I mean it's kind of it's definitely gamey. I honestly didn't know what the stamina bar was for or how to heal myself until like the third or fourth bounty. Jeez! Wow! <laughs> it was the one where you're um. Uh, is it the guy is trying to get revenge for you captured his brother? Was that the one where he's like in the middle of the town? Yeah, and yeah. Everybody's gone aside. Yeah, yeah, yep. That's the one, and it starts you off like right there in front of him. So the enemies are immediately shooting at you, like as soon as it starts. And if you die and respawn, or not respawn, but if you die and restart, you're back in that same position where you're just like dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, like, didn't know what I was supposed to do at that point. I'm just like, okay, they're going to start shooting at me. I'm going to lose half my health immediately. And, you know, they're super aggressive at this point because they are, they know exactly where I am. Yeah, so I looked up online and and I saw this one um, person playing it. And every now and then they would stop and, you know, if they were in first person view, they would start shaking their crossbow. And they would get their health back. I'm thinking, what the crap are they doing? Like, how are they getting their health back? And then I remember through the tutorial, it was saying something like press E um, to do something. Yep. And I didn't remember going through that part. I just remembered the prompt for it. Um, but that gave me my health back. And so I started using it a lot more. Mm hmm. The, um. It just, I. I it made it more tense, like, especially, like, 
later on in the game when you were low on stamina. Because like Greg said, when you melee, you use stamina. And then also when you uh, take... Instead of taking fall damage, you lose stamina. And so it made it more tense when you're in firefights and stuff. Because you need to capture enemies in order to get your stamina back. Because there's no health packs. But then also, like, you're getting shot at by really accurate shooters... So it's like, there was a lot of times where it's like, man, I wish I had captured this person. I wish I had knocked this person or incapacitated this person behind a rock or some type of cover. But nope, they're out in the open, and I really need the stamina right now, so let me see if I can make it happen. (laughs) Yeah. And there was times where I was like, you know what? If they're going to be three people out in the open, let me go ahead and just kill them, because it's way quicker, way faster to capture a dead enemy than it is to capture uh, an alive enemy and so you'll at least get some stamina it may not be uh, as much but you'll get some so that way you can heal yourself so there definitely is a little bit of tension that the game creates with the stamina meter but it also the fact that you can't like you're you're literally standing still and pounding your chest and yelling it was really silly and i'm just like at, at the very least like let me move around. It seems like the only time the game wants the, the, the developers wanted the game to be fluid was when you were going between first person and third person. And then things like changing ammo, you have to stop. And like the, the game stops at the very least. Healing, the game stops. Capturing enemies, the game stops. Or I shouldn't say the game stops, but the character stops. So like you're just standing still. And it's just kind of like, uh, why did they make this decision? You know, I think the pausing for uh, ammo helps though because I think it would be too like the it way needs the game to. Is, it needs yeah, to I was sure. about to say it'd be too too chaotic at that point. It definitely needs to, but like it's just because of the way that I mean, and this is this is a minor complaint because this is not a twenty or two thousand five complaint. This is the two thousand nineteen complaint. It's like uh, you play something like. <clears throat> dead space and the menu doesn't take you out of the action you know so like you're not like looking in on a specialized graphic that is like in menu a specialized menu that takes you out of the action because I felt like every time I went to change my ammo I no longer knew what was what was what my environment looked like, I guess, if that makes any sense. It always took me out of the action, and so I had to, like, when I would switch my ammo, I had to, like, quickly jolt back in and kind of be like, oh, crap, I need to hit this person off me, or um, I'm not completely behind cover or whatever. And I wish there was a way that I could, like, quick, like, change my ammo but still see the first-person view of what's going on, if that makes any sense. Yeah, kind of sort of. I, I know exactly what you mean. That's what I was kind of referring to um, earlier when I was talking about how it take, kind of takes you out of the action. Mm-hmm. Um, because for that one second that it takes to move your hand from the the arrow buttons, um, where it's automatically mapped to changing ammo. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be in the middle of of heavy fire, and an enemy could light you up for that one second. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that's one of those things. If if you guys were on controller, if it would feel any different? Because it, it never felt like it never really took me out of the experience that much. 
I mean, if anything, I used it as like a, oh, I need to get my bearings real quick. Let me do this for a second and then reevaluate what's going on, swap ammo, and then, you know, try and move on to where I need to. Yeah, I just, I always have the hardest time to try to like literally switch ammo while I'm in combat. So a lot of times I would try to go into an environment with the ammo that I was going to use and then try to like get to a patch of grass to change my ammo or just behind some type of cover where nobody's seeing me. So that way I could do it without having to worry about dodging bullets as soon as I got off the menu. You know? Man, that that must make the final third of the game like a pain playing like it that. It did. <laughs> it did. You know, um, even though changing ammo was one of the things I hated most about the game, the idea of the ammo was probably my favorite thing. Like exactly. the fact that you can I liked how they used the creatures for it and you could visibly see them like sitting on your crossbow. Mm-hmm. Um and then as you upgrade the ammo it changes their look as well. Like I think you start off with um uh just for instance, like the the bees, um the ones that shoot like a machine gun. As they upgrade, they turn into like hornets or wasps. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with some of the other creatures; it's like they kind of evolve and have a different. I think look. like the skunks look like regular skunks initially, and then the, the upgraded one they uh, have like a gas mask on, and then like the bats. I think they're the first version; they're normal-looking bats, and then the second version that one they have like a patch over their eye with dynamite sticking out their ears, and even like the the little trap guys are like just bitey or whatever they're still like they're fluffy they're cute but you know scary i guess you could say but then the upgraded version they look like super ferocious and like i I did like how that looked i thought it was a really nice touch and i I completely agree with you that the ammo was the i i did like the shooting and i think that's like the standout part of the game just the way the combat is but I, i i did feel um especially later on like i'm trying to think of those big metal ball enemies, you know what ones I'm talking about? They took like a lot of like you would you would shoot them, shoot them, shoot them. They would finally explode, and then you would have to kill the person that was piloting him. Oh, are you talking about like the the tanks, basically? Yeah, or whatever kind of, like yeah, those yeah, enemies were the worst because like I'm in combat and like I have to switch ammo because I'm running out of ammo or I don't want to use all the, all this ammo on this thing I want to switch it to a different thing and then I have to you know switch ammo and then I'm back in and then it's like oh crap like where was I going where do you know they they were the hardest enemies for me to fight uh, a lot of times just because they were also like the ones that shocked you and just sucked your health and like you were slower while you were getting shocked so it was like constantly having to keep away from them and be aware of your surroundings but also having to be aware of what your ammo situation was like. So they were very frustrating to fight for me. Um, and then also it was always stressful when you ran out of ammo or like you were reloading. Uh, like, 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 cause a lot of times for me, I think I almost always had the uh, electric uh, bug as one of my ammo slots. Did you, did you guys? Have- I, I would for the most part, but then, oh, yeah, sometimes I would end up, uh, getting rid of it for something else like uh against the tanks i would swap it out with the um i forget the 
uh, the beetle looking things, but I'll swap it out with that and maybe something explosive just to try and do a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of damage to the tanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I was the same way. It was like later on, like I would be like, okay, cool. I'm going to use the upgraded skunk with uh, like the, the spider and like, you know, bring everybody to one point and then capture them all. And so I would combo it that way. But a lot of times, like, I would have the electric uh, bug as one of my ammo slots. And so, like, if I had to, like, say I had that and then I had the bat and I shot a bat and then I'm like, crap, there's like three enemies on me and I'm reloading the bat and I only have one shot of charge shot with the other thing. And, like, that was always stressful. Like Like those dogs that chased you. Those little dogs. Yeah. Like, fighting when multiple ones of those were chasing you, I'm just backpedaling and waiting for the bolt to... Because I didn't want to waste my good ammo on them. <laughs> Unless I missed it. The only other thing... The only other issue I have with uh, the first-person, like, combat is... There's not a manual reload button, right? There is. It's, well, there was R. And I found that out later. Oh. Well, yeah, I don't remember ever seeing one on... And if there was on controller, I don't remember it. Gotcha. Like... Yeah, there was because there was a couple of times I was getting really frustrated with shooting the bees and then like killing somebody yep. and then having like six left. And I'm like, I just need to be 50 yeah. again. I don't want to shoot these six. <laughs> that, that was my biggest issue. I, I would just I would have those six. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going to shoot these. And I hope that, uh, <laughs> you know, so I can reload like, but yeah. Oh, okay. that's just my bad then. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, like, I guess the really the only other thing we have to talk about besides, like, the ending of the game is let's talk about a, a little bit of the boss fights, the, the bounties themselves. Um, how did you guys, did, did any stand out to you? Were they, like, did you like them? Were they interesting? I don't, I can't remember any that particularly stood out, but they're all good for the most part. Like, they all had... Um, maybe except the first two, but they all had unique ways that you had to take out the bosses. Like, especially the last three or four bounties you do, there was one where you had to, you know, um, had, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he had like armor on him and you had, and there's like platforms you had to jump across. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I wrote down cause one bars, New York city. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't there a dude you're looking for named Genius? Genius, Eugenius. Oh yeah, there we go. And then there was like, yeah, there was some good names. Like this game was very early slash mid 2000s video game humor uh, as well, just because of like there was a lot of people just saying "damn it" or like you know random video game cursing. Uh, like the little did you guys get to the black market did you see that little section yeah yeah, I did find and it. like the password is like beeped out because it's like him cussing and uh, like people's attitude and some of the things they say when you're passing by was very just reminding me like this is like the attitude era of video games um, but uh, yeah there was like explosives McGee uh, Fatty McBoomBoom, Lefty Lugnuts. The the person you were talking about is Elbows Freely, Greg. <laughs> he oh, was yeah. the robot with no back armor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I liked um, especially the the New York City. That little series of bosses was my favorite batch. It was um, uh, the minecart boss. 
I didn't like the minecart section. Oh, that's the one where you had to like he was on a minecart around and you had to shoot. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of cool. That though. was cool, but the the, the mine when any time you were in a minecart and just on rail section, I didn't like. Yeah, I can agree with you there. Um, and then the uh, lefty lug nuts was the dude that was at the, you had to fight him at the graveyard, and so like you were at the graveyard hiding behind the tombstones. He was on the platform above you, and when he would come out, fight you for a little bit, then he would go away, then his enemies would come from either side of you. I think I remember that one. Okay. Then the Elbows Freely was that also there, and then the Fatty McBoom Boom, who was the dude that had the turret guns, the, the, the mounted turret guns behind him, and then he, he was the one that was shooting the bazookas at you, and he would just do that little jumping dive bomb attack on you. Maybe not remember that one either. I'm trying to remember. Some of them are a blur, but I do remember some of these. And then I, I thought it was cool. Like, I don't remember the lady's name, but the, the, the woman uh, boss that was like the mama, mama outlaw oh, or whatever. Yo mama. Yo mama. And then uh, Eugenius uh, was really cool because um, it was a bounty, but instead of like you had to capture him alive because... Um, he, he, he was basically, a, it was a rescue and not about, like, he wasn't the bad guy. He had got kidnapped from the town. And I really liked that aspect. But, yeah, like, every single, maybe leading up to the boss wasn't unique. You know, you're just fighting the same hordes of enemies and just different, like. If you want to fight me, you got to kill all of my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Fatty McBoom Boom, I think, was the one that, like, all, his whole crew was the one that you had to take that, uh, you had to swim over to them because they had all the explosives. And so you had to swim in the beach and like all his friends were sent in by explosive barrels and they were blowing up stuff. And um, that was something else I remembered. And then, um, yeah, uh, I, I died a bunch on a couple of these bosses. Like the one you were talking about earlier, Trevor, where the, 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 the outlaw came to the town and everybody shut the doors and you got jumped. Yeah. Like, but the, the thing was is that the game, uh, it gave you tips if you died uh, enough times. It would give you a little bit of like context clues or like hints to, to help defeat the boss or whatever, which was kind of nice. And um, it was also funny every time you died, all the enemies would run up to you and start stomping <laughs> you. <laughs> that was also a nice touch. <laughs> I was like, dang, you ain't got to disrespect me like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down, man. Chill. <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, I guess the only other... <laughs> I, I, I would say, like, um, you guys got anything to say about the boss, the bounties? No, I think you kind of touched on, like, you know, it seems like we have the same opinion on, like, the bosses themselves. Yeah. Like, we think they're cool, but not very, you know... Man, a little formulaic how you got to each one. But. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the the boss fights themselves were fun, but like getting getting yeah. to them was kind of like you said formulaic and like checking the boxes. Um, yeah. And I guess really the last thing to talk about is the I, I guess I don't want to say story, but just like the setup for the game is um, so you're trying to get this uh, kind of touched on it earlier. You're this mysterious character is collecting bounties. You're trying to get twenty thousand dollar, twenty thousand moolah for this mysterious uh, surgery, life saving surgery that you don't know what's going on. So like the whole time, I'm thinking your character is sick or something like that, or he has somebody that he's caring for. 
and um, you finally uh, have enough money to head to where the doctor is, and you have to take this ferry over to him, and then when you get there, you find out he's been lynched, which is kind of (laughs) dark, and um, you basically got set up, and um, uh, there's a little bit of weird context in this game, so like the enemies, I'm not the enemies, but um, the townsfolk and everybody that you deal with are like chicken creatures, and then you're this weird, like, mysterious, like, I guess lizard-looking, and a lot of the um, other, the, the, the bounties and stuff that you're catching are these lizard-looking creatures as well. And there's these creatures called steeps, which are, like, ram-like steer-slash-sheep. Do you, do you know how to describe them? The steeps? Um, yeah, they're kind of like minotaur Rams, I guess. And long story short, they're like the feared creatures or like with the primitive creatures in this world. And um, you end up uh, getting captured. You get set up uh, and you get captured by this, this sheriff and he's also a criminal and he captures you and reveals he cuts your pants and reveals that you in fact yourself are a uh thief and like basically the surgery you were going to get done was you have a you have four legs instead of two so uh you were going to get the back half your back two legs cut off so then you are standing more upright because right now they're bound in um you're sticking wearing pants and so they're bound together but uh he he reveals that you're actually a steve and you're like basically i guess they're like third class citizens second class citizens or whatever in this world and so like everybody's just like oh get the steve kill the steve and all this stuff and that kind of happens in the back third of the game and uh you know this is this is when the game started getting really interesting and weird but but it was funny because in that scene where they you know they see the little things for the surgery and um and the guy's just like all right take his pants off i'm thinking oh shoot (laughs) (laughs) is this about to go down yeah yeah. somebody better jump in and save him okay actually i found a a here's a good summary of the game so tall dark and passive aggressive a stranger is lured out of a routine bounty hunting by the prospect of a one time bounty to end all bounties moolah maker he got a short but pricey personal shopping list and he's finally found a way to check it off with his moolah on his mind our stranger travels from town to town facing off with mentally challenged outlaws violently ignorant clackers which are those chicken creatures and paranoid relic hiding native grubs which are these lizard kind of like gecko looking creatures i guess the they're also like uh they're like the natives and they're really like you said paranoid welcome to the mongo river valley the iron mining capital of the continent upstream is secto springs the bottled water company suckling the life out of the valley mr secco has dammed the river and the habitat it sustains a collector of rare steve heads secto has put word out that he's the mar- on the market for steve these majestic beasts once roamed the Mongo River Valley in great herds, but now their scarcity makes each one an extravagant prize. 
high atop the springs at Seco Springs Dam, this slimy prima donna waits patiently for the thief bounty to be delivered. Armed with his trusty double-barrel crossbow and a pack full of live ammo, Stranger is ready to deliver said bounty when a humbling incident with the local outlaw serves as a severe reminder of what it means to not only hunt, but also to be hunted. The prospect of being filleted brings many challenges to an inhabitant. Changes that even modern Viker science cannot duplicate. Not one to pose as garnish, he makes it up to Secto's Springs all right, but Secto and his wolvarks get their steve served up with a frothy can of whip arse, prepared <laughs> by our beloved Ombre si Nombre. Yes, folks, Oddworld just got stranger. Uh, so, yeah, that that's a really good summary. Uh does sound like 2005, too. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so Secto is headed by a like an octopus. He's this octopus creature in a suit, and he's been sucking up all the water and the land, so that's why it's super dry there. And that's why you're in this desert habitat. And when word gets put out that the bounty hunter that is, is actually a Steve that's when the uh, Secto head puts out a, a bounty on Stranger's head, which is why he gets captured by the sheriff. Um, and uh, then I think actually the sheriff captures um, Stranger because he wants to be in on the bounty. But then when they take his pants off, they found that, oh, he's actually a thief and we'll get way more money because we'll get 100% of the cut instead of splitting it 50-50. And then from then on, you fight the sheriff, capture him, and then you're on the run. Uh, and you meet up with the Grubs, the relic paranoid hiding natives. Um, and uh, they they welcome you with open arms because I guess they previously, their ruler it was a Steve or the person that was in charge of their tribe or I don't know it, it, it yeah I the think game the Steve's changes. have like always <laughs> been their protectors or something like that yeah so like I guess their recent their, their previous one disappeared and they hadn't seen him so they elect you to be in charge and then at that they're also like really about that water and so like they've been on the on the move because the water keeps getting scarcer and scarcer because of the Seco Springs thank god so for the you, waters yeah, thank God for the water swaps. And um, to that point, you're working with the Grubs in order to infiltrate Secto and um, uh, stop them and help the Grubs. And this is literally like in the like the first two-thirds of this game, I think there's like 12 or 15 bounties you have to catch. And then it becomes like an actual like action-adventure game in a weird way. And, like, it becomes even more open. So, like, you're on a canoe. Like, uh, you're, you're instead of being a cowboy aesthetic, like, you are wearing, like, freaking minotaur, like, horse armor or something. And, like, you change your melee attacks. So before you had a spin attack and a headbutt, and now uh, you have a spin attack and, like, a charging ram attack. And uh, you basically embrace the steepness uh, that you are and um I don't know like I I 
the environments become completely different. Like you're no longer in deserts. You're like in bodies of water. You're in caves. Uh, there's like this icy tundra that's somehow has a D-Day, like the storm on Normandy Beach scene. And I, I was like, I can't be the only person that thought of this as soon as they, they saw it. was it. like when Modern Warfare, not Modern Warfare, but a Medal of Honor was a thing, you know? And it was just like, oh, dang, like, the just just because you have live ammo doesn't, like, make me overlook the fact that you were really just steal, not even stealing, but harping this from some of the games of the time. And it was kind of corny, and I was just like, ugh. I did not really care for the back half of the game because, I mean, as much as I complained about how brown the game was in the the the, the, the desert aesthetic, like, it seemed like they quickly, you quickly went from a water environment to an ice environment to a cave to a factory, and it was like video game checklists at that point, you know? I can, I can kind of see where you're coming from. I, I would say that Maybe I feel the same way about the environments, but the combat itself, I I actually kind of enjoyed. Um, maybe because you just got better ammo, and it just kind of felt easier to like dispose of the enemy. And then on top of that, you kind of you feel you don't feel as bad about like uh, just killing people because you're like, well, I don't really need. You're not getting money anymore. <laughs> you just get ammo, so it's like. <laughs> I don't really care about keeping them alive, so <laughs> you know, might as well just like awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you just really need the ammo. So, what about you, Trevor? Yeah, you could definitely see a change of tone in the game once it got to this point. Um, I guess it went from being like a you went from being a bounty hunter to more of a like you said, an action adventure game. Where you're the one like going on a mission, pretty much. You had this overarching goal. Um, Turn into a hero game at that point, I guess. Right? He's trying to save people. Right. Yeah, yeah, save a, a yeah. species. And then yeah. I, I couldn't help but think, you know, is this game becoming like a, especially at the ending scene, like is this game becoming some type of PSA for conservationist or? Um, um, saving endangered animals, <coughs> like the way they deal with the water, and then um, one thing I have read was that the apparently in this in Odd World, like I said, I don't have much experience with the series, but there is like a a, a tribe that's based on Native American um, culture or something mm-hmm. like that. So I'm wondering if if that's kind of their way of getting back to that. Well, let me just hear my (laughs) intro, which is why this is so crazy to me that this game isn't considered part of the Quintology. They originally stated that the Oddworld series would consist of five interconnected games referred to as the Quintology each with a game introducing a new hero who would join the existing band of revolutionaries on their journey to put an end to the exploitation of cultures, people, and the natural world by profiteering capitalists. And it literally, like, every single thing in that <laughs> in that creed, yeah. in that mission statement is checked off by this game. 
So it just it boggles my mind how this game isn't considered part. They don't consider this game part of the Quintology. And maybe guess, maybe that's a part of the developers or not developer because this game was this game developed by multiple developers. It was no, it was Oddworld. Oh. Inhabitants was a developer, and it was just published by EA. Okay, well maybe you know that's kind of the just the developers' um, interest. Sure, but I mean, like it just hits like all of those, yeah. you know. Um, and I guess maybe, like I said, maybe they just had a plan of these are the five characters in the five games that we are going to intertwine into this overarching story and this is just like a side story of something that they thought you know this would be interesting and kind of is in line with what we do though we don't have any plans to expand this character out or you know maybe it doesn't take place in the same uh time period or something like that but um yeah like uh i don't know it i like the and it's also kind of weird because I like the gist and what it's what it's setting out to do, but I don't think the game does a good enough job of explaining it. And at the same time, too, just the character himself, he goes from being like really single-minded and set on doing this thing for himself to doing things for a community of people. And it's like the entire time before that there was seemed like no justification for like it didn't seem like it was in his character to to do that Mm -hmm. and it it was just kind of like seemed like almost like the back half was pigeonholed or and my original theory was is that this game was supposed to be a sequel to munch's odyssey which i didn't play munch's odyssey i don't know how it goes but it is a part of the quintology and i thought that they they didn't have a way to wrap up the main game, so they kind of dropped in bits and pieces for that planned sequel in this game. Because that would make sense why the environments drastically changed. Because I don't understand why, if there's such a scarcity of water, why there are huge segments of the game with water. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of it was confusing to me, and and nothing about those factories to me called out. This is where they bottle water. They just kind of seem like generic, like evil corporation, James Bond (laughs) factory, (laughs) you know. So I don't know. Like I I I like the story and what the game is trying to say, but. Uh, like I don't understand why they're attacking the grubs because the grubs, for the most part, are peaceful. They are like finally, like because of you, they are finally um, uh, revolting and like uh, becoming resolu- revolutionaries, I guess, in a way. But they are pretty, they're pretty meek and paranoid characters when you do run into them earlier in the game. So it just kind of like, how is this? I don't know. It just seems like a really drastic change in a short period of time, but who knows. But gameplay-wise, going back to that, I think Greg is right. The It is a little bit more fast-paced because you're... One, you have better ammo, so you're fighting larger hordes of enemies, and the environment is less of a hide-and-wait-it-out kind of like the way I was playing before, and it just allows you to kind of go like full speed ahead, like taking these dudes out, 
killing them, you know, or what what have you. There's no money is no issue at this point, so you're not saving up for anything, and so it's just easier to like shoot this explosive barrel, or I'm going to knock this guy out into the water because they can't swim and things like that. It's just it, it is a lot faster pace, um, and so I think that the shooting and the, the combat in the second half of the game is more fun. You agree, Trevor and Greg? Yeah. I, I, the only other issue I have at the end of the game is the time sequence. Oh, yep, but, yep. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, I think uh, I think the the combat in the second half of the game is is definitely uh, more enjoyable. I think, or not second, but third half of the game, or third, third, third yeah, third, third, third. <laughs> the last, yeah, third, third, third. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the yeah, so what he was talking about with the time section was uh, there was a sequence when the the Grubs basically plant a bomb uh, in, into the in the factory, and it's set to you know you have three minutes or three and a half minutes to escape, and so at that point there's like this sequence that you have to like basically run out of this building and run through the factory, and you're getting shot at by all different types of enemies and um, uh, dodging fallen wreckage from the building and things like that while you're trying to escape. And just that sequence, uh, there's not really much shooting that you have to do, but it is just very frustrating because it's a lengthy sequence and you're just getting pegged by people depending on the route you take. And it is just very difficult to do. I died a bunch at that scene and it got one time, the first time I played the game, Greg, I died at that scene and the game auto saves for you. And, yeah. it, and it shows the thing <laughs> auto for you. You see the little symbol. So I had played that section, died there, and when I respawned, I respawned 30 minutes prior to that section. Mm. I was uh, so sad because, like, I was trying to hurry up and knock the game out, and I had been playing for, like, four hours or three hours at that point, and to lose that much progress... Even though it was giving me the autosave thing, it actually wasn't saving. I was so mad, and I just like I was done for the day. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm good. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I would have been heated. <laughs> uh, the issue I had on that on like that section in particular was I couldn't figure out if they wanted me to, to kill people. enemies on the way. Yeah, and it was like because at first I was like. Bruh, there's no way I can run through all these enemies without, like, almost dying at some point, mm-hmm. right? So, I died there at least, like, 15 times. Yep. And trying to figure it out. And then, eventually, I was like, alright, I'm just gonna go to YouTube and see what somebody else did. And then I saw the guy basically just ran through it. You just have to... You have to know the way that you're running and then you just kind of have to, like, jump a little bit a few times and then before you go on the final stretch... You gotta sit there and get all your health back. Yeah, I, I always healed up in the the that door that's closing when you're running through the turrets and the metal, the robot dudes. Before you start going mm-hmm. up that little spiral area, I would always get to the other side of that and heal up. And then I would also heal up. the The part that was the hardest for me was the sniper section where you're yeah, running by but, those yeah. crates because those snipers yeah. are accurate as hell. And at that point, I don't have that much stamina left. 
and they're far enough away that I don't have any bullets that I can use to shoot them. So I'm basically like trying to kill the enemies on the platform that I'm on behind the um, uh, behind the crates, and then trying to capture them before the the snipers destroy the crates that I'm standing behind. So that way I can build my stamina up and then run behind another crate to heal up. Yeah, I didn't even do... All I did at that section was... Um, so I had, like, maybe, like... And, like, a very small amount of health leading up to that. So the first thing I did was I saved. Because, like, <laughs> I'm going to do a separate save I didn't even just think in case. <laughs> and, and so I saved. And then I just sat behind. Because you're, you're standing on the regenerate spot itself after, like, a little bit of time. So... I would just sit there, let my stamina go up, heal myself, let my stamina go up, heal myself, and I was like, all right, I'm at full health, I'm going to make the run, and I'm just going to try and see if I can go through this past all these snipers. And, like, the first time I did it, I died, like, maybe three times doing it, and then the fourth time I finally got it. It was just maybe luck of, you know, when I did make it up to the few enemies leading up to that last part, they just didn't hit me, whereas they normally did. So I think I just got lucky on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was the only... I mean, not the only, but that was a very frustrating part in that that, uh, second half. I didn't really care for that. Did you, um, who was about to ask you? Did you have any other section at the the end of the game that was annoying or frustrating? Mm, Maybe the two, um... Alien, well, not alien. I guess octopus-looking things you got to fight before the final boss. Oh, the, Those are a little annoying. Yeah, the um, the ones that capture now. you. With the, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's a there. So one of the ways I died there was they basically infinited me. Oh, <laughs> like the one little of spinny the, attack. Yeah. <laughs> so I died yeah. that way like a few times. I was like, oh god, this has got to be. It doesn't make sense why this is even working. But I died there a couple times like that. And eventually I figured out how to how to take out one of them a little bit quicker than the other. So it wasn't too bad. But yeah, that that was a little annoying. Did you have any issues with the um, um, the, the, the chase sequence? Or we were really... The, 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 the race sequence, the race against the clock? And the oh, no, that was, that was one of my favorite parts. Oh my gosh. Like how? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't difficult. It was challenging. But I mean, at least the camera wasn't like Ninja Gaiden. So, I mean, it was manageable. Actually, now that you mention it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about the um did you uh what about the the the, the octopus bosses? The 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 robot ones? Now, those like when when you had to fight two of them? Yeah. Those put up a bit more of a challenge. Um, but like you said, at this point in the game, you know, you're not having to hunt for ammo anymore. They kind of just give it to you. Yeah. Um, that part, I died a lot more. Um, simply because I was constantly getting uh, shot by the, the goo or whatever they were shooting. Yeah, lock it, capture you. Yeah. And I guess, you know, this game pretty much just wanted you to spam the, the, what were they called? The boom bats? I think so. Because they, they just gave you so much. Yeah. And I mean, that just did massive amounts of damage to the enemies. 
like more so than any of your other ammo. So I mean, mm-hmm. it was, and you're not trying to to stun them or or knock them down to to capture them for bounties. So you might as well just throw all of your boom bats at them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you um? Did you ever get hit by the infinite like me and Greg did? <laughs> no. What was the infinite? It was like if they got close enough to you, the little octopus, they would start doing. You know how you had the little spin attack yourself. Mm-hmm. They would hit you with the spin attack, and then if you got caught, I think it was really up against a wall. But honestly, they were quick enough that it. I don't think they had to be up against the wall. But if you got hit, you would do the getting hit and then falling down animation, and then your character gets up. And by the time you're getting up, they're right back on top of you. So it just repeats, repeats, repeats. And if you get, especially for me, I got caught on a wall. Mm-hmm. Like uh, they hit me up against a wall, and basically they just spun me to death. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I couldn't. There was nothing. At least I didn't know if there was a quicker way to get up or anything like that. I was hitting buttons. I was mashing like Greg. He'd be proud. But um, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out like how to get up any quicker or anything like that. So it was basically like, oh, well, I'm dead. And I'm guessing you had the same thing happen to you too, Greg. Yeah, pretty much. It was it was whack. It was really whack. Um, and uh, but yeah, like I, I did end up beating like I, I I that happened to me on one of the solo bosses on the on the uh, second. No, the one where you fought the two, I just, um, I was able to, uh, kind of beat it on my first try. It just took a long ass time because they're, they have a lot of, this a lot of damage that you're trying to do. Um, and then you just end up playing, fighting the final boss, which is like the big octopus, the, the ruler of Sec- Secti, Secto, and a big like robot thing. And I'm going to be honest. I thought that fight was so disappointing. I mean, for a final boss, yeah, it's a little anticlimactic, I guess. Like, I was expecting there to be a second form or something, you know? Like, after, like, the cutscene started, I I was just like, oh, like, he's actually, like, he's he's dead dead. Like, (laughs) and it just, like, it was, like, the attacks didn't change. Like, it, it wasn't like when you got him down to half health or even, like, a quarter health. I thought maybe he would be able to heal himself or he'd have new attacks and he just had the same attack the entire time. Like nothing changed and I was just like, oh, so this is it. Did you have any issues with that, Trevor? Um, no, because I think at that point I was kind of tired of the weapons. It, It seemed like in this latter half of the game or this last third of the game, they were pretty much having you just do everything haphazardly. There wasn't really any type of precision or, um, I don't know. It just didn't seem like the game required you to be as precise as you had to be in earlier parts of the game. Mm -hmm. You were kind of just spamming your, your strongest ammo and, doing what you could to stay alive at that point. Because mm-hmm. I know at, at some points when I was getting through sections, I mean, it was very sloppy. Like, it wasn't like it was earlier in the game where I could just kind of calculate where I was going to go and pick off enemies one by one um, until it was just manageable enough to take everybody down easily. Um, here, I was 
basically scrambling to finish some sections. And then after those two robots, uh, once it got to this point, I was just like, okay, well, you know, eventually, like, like you said, I did think there was going to be another form where like, once you broke the machine or whatever the thing was, yeah, he would come down and, and fight you man to man. Tentacle Imano, <laughs> tentacle Imano, tentacle to hoof. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, that never happened. So I was just like, well, I guess they want us to play the sequel. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and then I think from there, like it, it's just playing a cutscene, right? I don't think there's like anything as soon as you you beat him, right? No, nah, yeah, it's just cutscene. And then you find out in the cutscene that oh, the ruler or the guy that was in this machine was a secti with a. I guess he had his horns. What do you call you it? Sanded down. Yeah, yeah, Steve. He he had his horns sanded down, and you realize, oh, this was the Steve that was in charge of the Grubs, and you're like, oh, he switched, he changed sides, he went over to the dark side, and like, I don't know if you end up telling them or whatever. I don't, I don't know. But then you see in the background, you see an octopus with its head out of the water, looking at what's going on, and then he kind of escapes and goes back into the water. And you're like, oh, crap. So, like, was he working with the dude? Did he set up the dude? Like, what was going on? Because, we, you know, octopuses are known as one of the smartest creatures or whatever. So, they're really crafty IRL. So, it only fitting that in this video game, they're also really crafty and cunning. So, I was like, okay. Oh, cool. Like, because I was like, this... Because literally when I saw it, I was like... That thing looked like an octopus the entire time. Well, like, from from what I read online, the secti or secto was a parasite, and it had attached itself to the elder Steef. Oh, and that's why its face was all like that, and had like the the suction prints on its face because it had basically been using the Steef as a host. Gotcha, and I guess controlling him. And his last words, you know, he was, you know, still worried about protecting the, what do you call those creatures? The, um, the grubs. Yeah. The grubs, you know, when he was saying, you know, is the water free, you know, that was him, I guess, coming back to his senses. Oh, his yeah. Last words. I didn't even think about that. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Cause I was very curious about that final scene. I was just like, wait a minute. That's not an octopus. And then it showed the octopus going into the water. So basically he's still alive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you guys um so are you guys down for another one? Another odd world? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be interesting to see what they would do like with, you know, the kind of level of polish that you know newer games have, so it'd be cool. I'd be down with that. Uh, possibly. Why is it like that? Because I like this atmosphere. I like how they fit everything into this theme of like a western with very. I don't know what you call what they've done to these creatures. Um, but you know, I like the theme that they've gone with. Um, and like Greg said, I'd want to see what they would do with like 
updated graphics and following the trends of newer games with inventory systems and and even world building. But shoot you some images of the article and like some of the concept art for the brutal ballad that was in Game Informer when I was in high school. And like some of that stuff looks like it was just like a darker quote unquote edgier um game if you can tell by like some of the, the the concept art and I was like really like it, it made me like I thought the game looked really cool prior to playing um what you call it uh prior to playing this game. Mm-hmm. It it looked really cool and um I really liked the concept art. So after playing this game, I started like going into the hole of like looking at some of this stuff, and I was like, "Dang! Like, why do they stop making? This? Why do they stop doing this game?" Because I thought some of it was real cool, striking looking. It looks like it's getting further away from Abe, like the the first game, I guess. Yeah, I see the cover art for Abe's Odyssey or one of the mm-hmm. other games, mm-hmm. and this seems very different. Yeah, like this, honestly, some of this stuff looks, makes me think of like, they were going to make Gears of War. (laughs) (laughs) Like some of this stuff literally looks like, oh, they basically were going to make Gears of War and then Gears of War happened and they were like, well, yes, we can't. So, yeah. Um, But you guys got anything else for Oddworld Trainer's Wrath? No. It's all the game. Glad I actually finished it. What about you, Trevor? It was fun. It's it's probably in my top five of the games that we played this year. Can I tell you something? I'm 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 right there with you. I think I think this might be my favorite old game that we've played. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I guess and then like. I mean, there's no Ninja Gaiden, you know what I'm saying? Ninja Gaiden. But, uh, no, that's my, I, I was like Ninja Gaiden, Psychonauts, uh, Grim Fandango, uh, Brutal Legend. Like, Well, I guess I won't say Brutal Legend, but games from the 2000s and earlier, you know? Like, this is probably, this is my favorite old game that we've played. And, uh, Beyond Good and Evil as well, yep. Like, it'd be between one of those two, Beyond good and evil in this game I really really dug the environment for this game and uh, or the um, the uh, not the environment the, um, the style the style yeah I really like the, the live ammo aspect so really F's with it but um, I guess my question so we I have a question um, I gave you guys a little bit of heads up about it if you could take a existing game franchise or series or whatever you want to call it and kind of do what they said with the Quintology. So the Quintology is, is five interconnected games, each introducing a new hero who would join the cast of an existing group to, some gr- to achieve or solve some greater issue. Like, basically, like, if you were to create the Avengers, <laughs> you know? Like, I guess that'd be the best way of putting it. Like, what game franchise would you choose to do that with? So you're not playing the same character in any of the games, except for maybe the last game, where you can maybe choose between which of the six characters or five characters you want to play. 
you know, I thought of one. Uh huh. And I figured you were gonna take it. Okay. So I'll I'll let you say yours first. No, you you got it. Well, no, I want to hear Greg's first. He said it's obvious there's one. Well, well see, I had an answer, but now that I think about it, it, it that series kind of already does it, so I don't feel. Well, what's, I'll say, what is it? Well, this would be Metal Gear, but I'm like that kind of already does that, right? Like they they that game already brought all the snakes together <laughs> at one point, right? Like so, I don't think that's like fair. Okay. Um, so I got to think of another one. All right, you go, Trevor. So I was gonna say all of the Super Giant games. That's not what I. That's what was the thing that I was. Gonna, you thought I was gonna say? I thought you were gonna say Super Giant, like as far as taking uh, the character from Transistor and the kid from um, Bastion, and then even the characters from. Pyre, and they have a new game. I think that's still in early access. I haven't played Pyre yet. So, no. You guys have missed out on the most obvious answer. Is this going to be like Double Fine? No. It's obviously Um, Mass Effect. uh, Like, can you imagine? They don't have enough. (laughs) Dude, if you could play as one character from each race. Okay, from each race. Yeah, so instead of instead of saying like, "Oh, I'm going to always you're going to always be a Spectra." It's like you're playing the character like, you know how you're learning each character's story as Shepard? Like what if you were to play Tally up to the point that she joins with uh um Shepard or Rex before prior to, you know, like what if you could play it that way? Oh, like they have their own game leading up to meeting play. with Shepard yeah, and I- then so- I thought you were saying, as far as taking games from the same series, like the main characters from the series, and then the oh, well, there's not, <laughs> there's not any like. But you're you're saying kind of the opposite of that. Like they're already in one game, and then but they get their own series to kind of build up to that. Or yeah, not even a series; they just or get, they their, get own their own game, game. Yeah. to add that adds to the series. Because the other thing I was thinking about would be it could be cool. Like I don't know how you would like split them up or whatever. But if, like, I guess, did you guys ever play Super Mario RPG? No. Yeah, well, so, like, Super Mario RPG, like, just imagine, like, a Kingdom Hearts. Like, 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 say Super Mario RPG was, like, Kingdom Hearts. So instead, you're playing, like, this would be really weird, but, like, what if you played, like, a platformers of the characters and then the final game was an RPG or something like that? Or like a Paper Mario esque type game where it's suit in Superstar Saga, where it's a platform slash RPG game. So you play as like Mario in one game, and Luigi in another, and Toad in another, and Yoshi in another, and Peach in another. And then in the last game, it's a full fledged RPG, and that is your party. I think that could be cool, but like also like I think the Mass Effect one. I'm surprised. Like to me, that's the perfect one because like. They can. They don't necessarily have to be like full length games. They can be like DLC, where it's like here's a little like five hour, four hour DLC chunk of Rex, the Rex prequel, the 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 Tally prequel, the the Garrus prequel, the Mortis or the um, um, Morden. I mean, or the Thane prequel, and then you play Shepard and you play the main game and you have your crew. You know. Well, in that case, I'll I'll change my answer. I would have to say 
the characters from Borderlands. See, I was thinking that too. I was thinking you were going to say Borderlands or Assassin's Creed. I was going to say Assassin's Creed, but you used that in the example when you when you gave us the heads oh, up about it. Because I didn't want to say Mass Effect, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought of a different game. So I was just like, man, Assassin's Creed is a pretty good example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any like other games where you could say like uh, like. Games where you normally play as one character, like, would there any good examples? Like, like if there was like multiple ca- different characters in like a Metroid, or like, what about Castlevania? Greg, do you only play as one character in Castlevania, or is it- no? I mean, there's different like Belmonts that you play as, so I guess that could it could work with something like that, right? Yeah, or, or like I guess Devil May Cry. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like Nero and Trish and Dante and Virgil and. Who's the other person? Who am I missing? Oh, you- uh, lady. I yeah. guess. I oh, really freaking Resident Evil. That's the uh, perfect uh, example, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually Leon, Chris. Was it Claire? Not Claire. Um, what's Chris's sister's name? Leon, Chris, Jill. What is Chris's sister's uh, name? Oh God, I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank. I don't know why I wanted to say Ada. That's not. That's not. It. She could also be uh, um, a character. Claire. It is Claire. Uh, Claire Redfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Claire, Chris. I mean, I guess Resident Evil Six was like that, and that name was trash. Because <laughs> I mean, they were, try- they were trying to do too much with that. That game had potential. But that. They I mean, I guess that much. would be the. This is the example of when it went wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, to a T, because that game tries to do, like, a bunch of different gameplay styles and stuff with, like, all the characters. So, so don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, do you guys got anything else you want to say about Oddworld Stranger's Wrath? Is it in your top Good game, great experience. Is it in your top five this year, Greg? Uh, I think so. Okay, I, th- I think I, I think I would say that. Okay, actually, I started looking at the list. It it might be on. <laughs> it would barely be on for me right now. So, um, but uh, yeah. So um, great game, great experience, as Greg said. Um, and I guess it's time to unveil our next batch of games. Um. So, I don't know if you guys are on the Facebook page and saw, but we have a guest game for the month of September that we are, as of the end of this episode, as when you're hearing this, uh, it, we will be starting on, and we're going to bring in uh, my homie, Jonas, and he chose the game. So, the game will be Black Mesa, which is the modded, the uh, fan-made mod of... Um, uh, it's a fan-made remake of the original Half-Life that came out in 2012. So that will be the game we're playing for September. And um, we also have decided on the games for October, November, and December. So for the finally, after many lists, I was finally able to get for the month of October. We have two games. We have Barkley, Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, and and Fifty Cent Blood in the Sand, <laughs> and I'm hyped for that game. <laughs> Have you guys ever played that? Yeah, I played the game through co-op with a friend. Okay. Yeah. 
I am hyped. I've, I've <laughs> um, only played the other 50 Cent game. Uh, um, get Rich or Die Trying? Oh, you've never played this? No, I haven't played Bullet in the Sand. Wow. You're in for an experience. <laughs> the only thing I, I, I remember is like the takedowns. That's the thing you remember about Blood in the Sand? No, the other uh, 50 Cent uh, game. What was it called? I, I think it's called Get Rich or Die Trying. Uh, bulletproof. Was it? Yeah, I Bulletproof. I think it's Bulletproof, yeah. Oh. Uh, for some reason, I thought he had a game called Get Rich and Die Trying, too. Yeah, an album. I know that. <laughs> he only had two games, not three? I believe just two, yeah. It was just Blood on the Sand. Uh, bulletproof. And, uh, bulletproof. Okay, my, my bad. Yeah. Um, dude, the only... Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Okay, and then the next month, the month of November, is Trevor's month, and we are going to be playing Luca, Born of a Dream. Woo! And <laughs> and then for the month of December, to wrap up the, the year, we are going to be playing Greg's game, Castlevania Lord of Shadows. Uh, not excited. About I've that. never played a Castlevania game before. Wow. Well, this is an, uh, this will be an interesting one to start with. It's not it's not like a traditional Castlevania game, but yeah, I, I've seen people play. I have a, a couple friends that stream themselves playing it, and so I've seen uh, the I guess two D ones. What's the what's the one that is the classic one? Symphony of the Night. Yeah, Symphony. Yeah, of the I've Night, seen yeah. that one played. And I knew Lord of Sh- Lord of Shadows, Lord of yeah, Lord of Shadows is uh, 3D, right? Yep, uh, it was I think Kojima Productions had something to do with oh, it, if shoot. I remember right. You made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh it's interesting, man. Like I never finished. I got like maybe five or six hours into it, but I never finished it. But like it's, I remember it being uh, quite an experience. So. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, yeah. And you got it's got anything else for this game, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath? All right. Um, be guys, be on the lookout for the updated cover photo. We'll include the games that I just listed. Uh, where can people find you at, Trevor? Uh, you can find me probably on Xbox Live. I'll be playing Borderlands Three. Starting on Friday, I think is when it comes out. That's oh, so you're not gonna you're not gonna wait till it comes to oh, well, I guess you're gonna play on Xbox. Are you playing with people? Or are you playing solo? I will probably hop in and out of different parties. I don't know which console my friends plan on getting it on. When you do that, do you have multiple characters for multiple groups of friends, or is it just your one? No, I just play with one. Gotcha, gotcha. I always wanted to go back and play two with people because. I'd only played one DLC, and so I never got to play the other DLCs, and I've always thought about getting it on Steam, but I'm like, it's too far in the game, I don't think people want to play, like... Well, there's actually some new DLC for 2 that just came out, it's supposed to bridge... I knew that, I knew that, but I mean, I was talking about playing the game all the way over, because I I had the game on Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not I don't have Xbox Live anymore. So I was gonna get it on Steam and try to play with some friends, but I just just my game playing schedule is so out of whack that it wouldn't be like we're gonna play an hour every day or every <laughs> Tuesday or something like that. So no more staying up till like three o'clock in the morning doing those arenas. Exactly, can't do that no more. So uh, where can people find you at, Greg? 
Uh, you guys can uh, hit me up on Twitter at Boombox Hero. Uh, Facebook should be the same, Boombox Hero. And uh, I changed my Twitch name. Uh, so it's just uh, twitch.tv slash magnegro with a zero at the end because uh, Twitch things. So, uh, but yeah. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Potato Salad. Twitter, whatever, at Potato Salad. Um, yeah, so uh, we don't have anything else for Hogwarts Strangers Wrath. Cool game. You guys should check it out. Uh, hopefully, Soulstone is. I'm looking forward to seeing what that game is going to be. Uh, this game has definitely just this game and just researching the studio developer or whatever has. I'm 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 interested in checking out the rest of the Odd Box. I don't know if you guys are, but I definitely am. So, um, yeah, uh, got nothing else. So we are Mr. Checkpoints, and we're out. Peace.